Morning, everybody. I've got a cool voice this morning. Pray for me that it stays. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right. It's great having uh, two of my very, very, three of my very good friends here visiting. Um, first is Mike Chevalier at the back, who is a leader at Oasis Church, Rocky Hill. <laughs> and then uh, Linda and Wana, who are from New Canaan. They've come through specially to bless you today and uh, hear the word of the Lord. You're welcome. I leave. <coughs> I leave tomorrow. Praise God. I'm going home to my precious wife who's working like a, a, a horse. She's going for it. We're coming to the last section of our building program. Uh, it's been just on three years, and uh, it's been miraculous. So praise God. Great things are happening. I was caught by a scripture uh, a while ago that really stood out to me. Um, the way I work, the way things happen with me and the Lord is, the Lord doesn't give me scre- screeds of scripture. I read a little piece, and that little piece jumps out at me, and it gives me a, a, a sense of, of um, revelation and insight into the heart of God. And so <clears throat> I was reading the other day in Revelation chapter 1 verse 10, and it says, this is uh, John the Apostle, who was one of the three with Jesus. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I, that just jumps out at me. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I want, I want to give you a little background why that is so amazing. John was by this time over 90 years old. He, he wasn't a, a, a young man. He, was, he had seen the whole thing. He had, he had watched how the gospel had spread throughout Asia. And he had now become a social and a religious outcast. They didn't like him. At 90 years old, they couldn't keep him quiet. Wherever he went, he caused problems. And so what they did is they exiled him to an island just off of Turkey. The island is called Patmos. And uh, he was left there uh, to just see out the rest of his life. And what amazes me is this man who has had everything taken from him has been stuck on a rocky little island. You've got to see the picture of this place. There's nothing to desire on Patmos. And he sits and states this amazing fact. That's why it means so much to me. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Most Christians would be in the doldrums, depressed, bemoaning their fate. But John had found a, a realm in which to live, which overcame every single difficulty that life could ever throw at him. There is a place that Jesus speaks about in John 10.10, where he says the thief has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. But, everybody say but. I 
have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. That isn't some days. That isn't when the sun's shining. That isn't when I've got money in my bank account. That isn't when I'm on holiday. That isn't when I get promoted. It's for every single moment of every single day that I'm an overcomer. I'm a winner. The Bible describes us in various ways. It says our condition is he always causes us to. Somebody say it. Triumph. He always causes us to triumph. We are more than overcomers. That is our position. John, the very first reason he could be on the Spirit on the Lord's Day is he understood his position. In Ephesians chapter 1 it says, we have been blessed with some spiritual blessings. What does it say? What does that mean? You're out. <laughs> Thank you. We have been blessed with Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You and I have, have access to a realm in the spirit which has been given so we can overcome every situation we face. Everything. And I can tell you life can throw some curve, curve balls at all of us. Things can come at you and that you never thought possible. But God, by his incredible grace, has supplied everything we need. All we need to know is how do we access that? Well, John knew how to do it. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then you suddenly see following that three things happen. He says, I saw, I heard, and I was touched. One of the reasons why we are not able to see past trouble is because we're not able to see in the spirit. Okay, I can see I haven't got, got your attention perfectly yet. You've got to be able to see what is not. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the ability to look and see what God has supplied at the most difficult time of your life. There's many a time my wife and I face as we, we do what we do. It's many a time we face incredible um, feelings and thoughts that we're not going to make it. If you, if you understand, put your hand up, please. We, we feel like there is no way out of this one. It's not as though it gets easier. It's every time. It's from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We've got to grow all the time. And there's no way to grow until you are stretched. The, the battle with us is that we, we are so affected by what comes into our heads and then forms in our emotions that if we let that continue, we are going to become depressed, fearful. All the prayers that were going on today. 
but we, are not, we have not been left to that position. As this precious woman prayed just now, she said, we have not been given a spirit of fear. You see, what John understood first of all was that if he was in the spirit, he would be able to see what God has for him. He'd be able to hear the things that are to come. He would be able to be touched so that whatever's going on with him emotionally, physically, can be changed. I came, <coughs> came back from a trip here um, in September. I got back to Thailand. And uh, I landed, uh, was home for two nights, and I was off to Malaysia after that. The, the last night that I was in Thailand, I, I had a most amazing dream. Um, as I lay asleep, the Lord showed me my, my finger being pointed at something. And as I was pointing at it, there came from the finger like a laser beam. And I, I don't know if you've seen these kids' games on, on computers and so on, but when something hits something long enough, if you're fighting a battle over something, the whole screen sort of br- breaks open and you, all, your, all your blockages are gone. You know what I mean? It's like, bam, it's all clear. And so as I was pointing my finger, this laser beam was going out and there was like uh, circles that shot from the point I was aiming at. And I knew everything that was around that had been destroyed. It was really exciting. I got up and at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm typing on my iPad and, and uh, I, I, I recorded what God showed me. I was scared I was going to forget it. And my wife wakes up and she says to me, Yanni, what are you doing? I said, Sarah, I've just had the most amazing dream. This is what the dream was. Then I said to her, but at the same time I've woken up, I've got an abscess on my tooth. And uh, my my chin was out here like this. I mean, I don't know about you, I can take most pains, but teeth pain. You know what I mean? An abscess on the tooth is flipping sore. (laughs) Doesn't make me happy. So I said, but Sarah, I tell you, my, my, my... Jaw is so sore, man. She says, well, point your finger at it. (laughs) I said, that's a good idea. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bam! Pain gone instantly. Instantly. I said, Sarah, this stuff works. (laughs) Well, I flew to Malaysia, I got there, and, uh, you know, I, I, have to, I should set my own t- um, schedule, you know, that I should never leave it to other people. I've just gone to Ohio, and I left my schedule to a friend of mine. He booked me 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. The next day, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. I mean, I saw businessmen until they were coming out of my ears. So the same in Malaysia, this friend of mine lined me up. I was with him for the afternoon, and he brought me the, the four worst cases that were around his life that needed God to touch. And so I, I said, I was tired already. I'd been traveling for five months. Now I've just finished working uh, in, in, in the two churches I planted with a guy. And uh, I, 
I'd like to just sit down and relax if you don't mind. Well, they do mind. They want me to work. And so in comes the first, in comes the second. And the last one was a young lady, 21 years old, tiny little thing, a Chinese girl who had um, cancer. All her hair was off and she sat down. Um, I'm talking about being in the spirit on the Lord's day. And the power that is available at that moment. And so I'm talking to this young girl and I realize she was my dream. She was the one I was pointing at. So I said, Sue Ann, I'm going to point my finger at you. And that laser is coming at you. At the power of Jesus, the same power that Jesus used on earth when he healed the sick when he touched blind Bartimaeus, when he healed the ten lepers, that same power is coming out of my finger because the same Jesus is in me. I said, I want you to just receive, receive, receive until, pa, it's gone. And so I just held my finger out and just said, in Jesus' name, I speak healing to every part of your body and every cancer cell would be destroyed right now in the name of Jesus. I got home, the first thing I did is got on the email and said to my friend, tell me how Sue Ann is. He didn't answer me. He didn't answer me for three days. Eventually, he sends me a picture of her with a big smile on her face. And he says, she says, every day she's getting better and better. Amen. I mean, we, 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 we've got to start living in a realm of faith. If you, if, you, if you like John and you get on the Isle of Patmos and you're a person that, that sulks or dis, is depressed or de- discouraged or starts to cry over everything that comes at you, you're over. You won't even get to 90. But this man uh, knew, knew something that you and I have got to know. And the first thing he knew was it's in the presence of God that things are going to change. He knew, though, that, that he had to be beyond his circumstances. He had to learn to be a person that overcame what he felt and thought. Ladies and gentlemen, what is the driving force of your life? The word or your thoughts and feelings? When trouble hits you, what comes up? The word or thoughts and feelings? Because if we do not have the word, we can't have faith. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And if you do not have a word on the issue, you've got problems. So my wife and I face these these times of, of financial, tremendous financial threat. And then the temptation is to feel hopeless. But we've got scripture. We've got promises that have told us if we do this, God will do that. And so we've walked together in faith for years. I share this every time I see you. We've walked together in faith for years, believing that God is going to intervene. And so we've seen God do the most amazing, miraculous things. When we come to people and pray for them, we expect there to be a change. When we prophesy over people, it's something that they can shape their futures on. There's a realm, ladies and gentlemen, we're supposed to be living in. It's in the spirit on the Lord's day. So the second thing that we need to have, that John had, 
was an incredible love for people. A passionate, burning love for people. If you don't care about people, God's never going to use you. If you can care less if people live or die. If you're not moved by the, the weaknesses and the battles of other people, then how is God going to use you? John 17 says, By this will all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another as I have loved you. That there's this selfless, how can I help you? When I walk into a restaurant, I am ready. When I get on a plane tomorrow, I am ready. I've asked for one seat to be open next to me. Because I don't, I don't like to sit like this the whole flight. So I'm asking the Lord already. So if somebody agree with me, I'm going to have an open seat, right? But the one next to me, they're going to get it. Because I, I come already in the spirit on the Lord's day. I, I, I have two places I can be. I can be in the world or I can be in the spirit. Actually, I can be in the flesh and I can be in the spirit. The flesh is always going to discourage you. The flesh is always going to wear you down. Somebody preaching at the same time as me. Galatians chapter 6 verse 8 this says, He that sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Do you sow to your Spirit? Do you spend a regular time in prayer? Do do you make sure that you're topping yourself up with the grace of God all the time? Because, folk, if you do nothing to build yourself up, you're not going to grow. If you do nothing, if there's no times in prayer, we, we, want to, we want to win during a day by just hoping. That's unrealistic. It doesn't work like that. You, you can't run your vehicle on hope. It needs fuel. You've got to stop at a gas tank. I don't know why you call it gas. It's petrol. You've got to stop at a gas station. And you've got to put petrol in for you to be able to travel. It's exactly the same as a Christian. If you don't sow to your spirit, if you don't keep building yourself up on a regular basis. If you live from Sunday to Sunday, I will guarantee you you're not prospering as a Christian. But man, if, you, if you've cut out time for, for the Lord... You cut out time for the word. You cut out time to just pray in the spirit. Gallup poll, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, Gallup poll came up with this statistic. 17.17% of Pentecostals and Charismatics pray in the spirit every day. 17%. And we call ourselves Pentecostal, charismatic. The Bible tells us clearly, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he that prays in an unknown tongue builds up himself, edifies himself. There it is, it tells you. Jude 20, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. 
There are keys, ladies and gentlemen, for you to be successful. God has already planned for you to overcome in every way. But we want a good family. We want a good home without any input. We want to be able to be loving and kind and have never sown to our spirits. Then we're just going to reap the flesh. The works of the flesh are evident. Anger, wrath, clamor. Man, I, I used to be so angry as a, a young Christian. If, if something got in my way, I was angry. I used to have a little saying, I'm going to fill you in, which means I'm going to drop you. That's the way I got through my life. And I found out there was, there was another source to draw from. I didn't have to draw from the flesh. I had to draw from the spirit. That's why it says in Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk with wine. Don't depend on another source. But be filled with the spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Making melody in your heart. Giving thanks. Why are those important? They are the things that cause the grace of God to come to you. Singing, praying, thanking. If we don't, if we don't work on this, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I beg you in the name of Jesus, stop being overcome. You have already been given the power to beat everything you face. My wife and I are stuck alone on a, on a piece of property in Thailand. There is no Sunday service. There's no songs being sung. There's no fellowship of the saints. There's no one teaching us the word of God. We have to stay strong by ourselves. If we never learned how to be in the spirit in Thailand, we'd be in a mess. So I beg you, I beseech you, please, if you want to see your family, if you want to see your children, you want to see your wife, your husband be blessed by you, then build things of the Spirit into yourself. Learn how to overcome the flesh by feeding the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, the flesh and the Spirit are at enmity with one another. They don't like each other. The one you feed is the one that's going to win. If you don't feed the spirit, your, your flesh is going to dominate. You have to deny yourself. You have to say no. I remember when I, when I learned that lesson that when I felt angry, I needed to, to learn how to put off that anger and put something else in its place. Kindness and gentleness. I had to learn how not to pull my face and use my voice, tense my body. I had to learn to be a person of peace. I had to learn to be safe. Today, everywhere I go, Sarah thinks it's so funny because whenever kids see me in a public place, they're almost guaranteed to come and look at me and stand by me, put their hand on my leg and just look at me. I said, so I wish so. I knew what they were thinking. But there's no fear. They, they can feel this, this person is gentle. 
He's not going to bite you. It wasn't like that in my life. There are things that we have to deal with. We, we, we can't say, I need counseling. I am counseling you. Now, find what God tells you to do and do it. Don't play with the word of God. The spirit and the word will grow you up. If you, do, if you just have the spirit, it's not enough. If you only have the word and you're not in the spirit, it's not enough. There's an old saying. If you have the word and not the spirit, you dry up. If you have the spirit and not the word, you blow up. If you have the word and the spirit, you grow up. I, I want to tell you something. I've lived this life for 45 years. Not as long as some of you. But I want to tell you every year I'm pushing to be more like Jesus. I want the nature of Jesus to be on me. I want to be like John in the spirit on the Lord's day. In my worst circumstances. I want to constantly be drawing from a, a well of salvation. So what have we learned so far? Number one, make being in the spirit a priority. Number two, make sure you've got the word on every issue that you face. Find what God promises you. Number three, make sure you really love people. That you're concerned about people. Number four, stop looking at your circumstances. Stop letting circumstances dominate you. You must know this. You have been given the victory in everything. You must know this, that you are born to prosper in all areas. Psalm 1 says, whatever you do shall prosper. The problem with us as Christians is we want the, the, the promise without the condition. He who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night, whatever he does will prosper. It's so important that you listen to what I'm saying. I heard cries this morning for help. I heard people feeling stuck. And I'm trying to tell you something. God brought me here today because the same thing we were singing about, the same thing you were praying about, God gave me the scriptures a week ago to give to you. I'm not just preaching one of my favorite sermons. I'm preaching something that I feel came from the heart of God for you. And the last point, I believe, is absolutely critical. That you get rid of every hindrance that you have on your life. Some people excuse their bad behaviors. They say, well, that's just how I am. My dad was like that. My mom was like that. As a Christian... Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're supposed to be a new creature. You're a new creation. You're a brand new man. Old things have passed away. I've been born again. There is no reason that I look the same this year as I did last year. 
Every year I go to a select group of friends that have known me for many, many years. And I look at them in the eyes and I say to them, tell me if I'm going backwards in any area. I make myself accountable. I want to make sure I don't lose ground because if I lose ground, my family suffers. If I lose ground, my ministry suffers. If I lose ground, people that God has assigned me to touch suffer. You've been put on this earth to make a difference, not to survive. You have got to identify the the weaknesses and the hindrances in you. If you don't have many friends, it's probably because you're not friendly. Bible tells you, if you want friends, show yourself friendly. That means you've got to be warm to people. That means you've got to you got to really care about people. That means you've got to serve people. If you show disinterest and don't care, you not you do not work in the nature of Jesus. We should live in a realm of peace. There should be such a sense of peace. When you, when you drive onto our property, nearly everybody who's ever come on that property in the north of Thailand says this place is filled with peace. You walk into our home in the south, the, all of Sarah's friends say that there's something different about this house. Of course, the peace of God dwells there. If I had to ask you to name three things that are stopping you from growing into what Jesus wants you to be. I guarantee you could tell me. And so the second question I ask you is, if you know what they are, what have you done about it? And if you can't ask me, answer me what you've done about it, it shows that you either are ignorant of the fact that you can change, or you have been happy to stay with that weakness because it's a crutch for you. Anger was my crutch. I could get away with all types of things because I was angry. And people would just leave me alone. When they saw me getting uptight, everybody would disappear. It was my dominance that I used. And until I let Jesus be the one who who held me up, not my anger. Same with lying. I lied the wallpaper off a wall. I lied about everything. Until one day he pegged me and he said, that is no longer part of your nature. Get rid of it. You're not a liar. You're a man of truth. Get rid of every hindrance. Identify what it is. And go home today. And get in front of God and say, Lord, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to find out how to get rid of this by your word. I'm going to find out how to put on your nature instead of this old nature. I used to think that to be gentle and kind was weak. I come from a macho society. I come from South Africa. By the way, do you know that South Africa just won the Rugby World Cup? Raise your hand if you know that. You know. 
How did you know that lady? Ah, Dennis, just give her a five, that's it. I love it when somebody enjoys a man's game. No reaction. I'm amazed. <laughs> so I come from an environment that plays rugby that is, uh, you know, hard-hitting, guys are dominant. And I brought that into my Christianity. And I found out that was not like Jesus. Jesus had another strength. He didn't need to dominate and bully you. He didn't need to send you a message, don't mess with me. Jesus sent a message that I'm going to die for you. That I see your pain. When I was in prayer this morning, Jesus would be saying, the Father showed me that Bartimaeus, you were going to come past me. I was ready for you. There is a power in having the nature of Jesus. You can walk into any setting and people are impacted, not by your rudeness, but by your kindness. It's such a powerful thing. I never want to go back there. I never want to go back to the place where you, I was unpredictable. You never knew what I was going to do. I want to be in a place where my, my family never have to be concerned about me. That you can bank on the fact that I'm going to be the same today and tomorrow and the, the rest of my life. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You're in the spirit because you sowed to the spirit. You're in the spirit because you live out of the word of God on every issue. You're in the spirit because you desperately love people and you want to see them touched and changed. You're in the spirit because you got rid of your hindrances. You're sorting yourself out. It's a funny thing. Every time we go into a new thing in life, it reveals something about us that had not yet been fixed. I'll never forget when, when uh, we, we had children. Um, that, that first few weeks, you know, where you, there's no sleep at night. And, of course, I may, I've made a covenant commitment with my partner that I will always be up with them. I, I, I can't claim if they're up, I'm up. I'm there to serve and help. And I tell you, man, th- when you hear that, something rises. I don't know. Please, if you understand me, men, raise your hand because it'll make me feel better. Something rises. I just go, oh, God, not again. I mean, it was an hour ago, this little thing squeaked, and now it's again. And you have to look at every end to see if there's any problems, and you know what I mean. <coughs> you go to a new job. You, you, you marry for the first time. It's a new situation. Looks wonderful at first, but there's hidden stuff in there that you hadn't planned for. And now you've got to face it. A friend of mine has just retired in, in Ohio. He's so excited. I didn't want to tell him. Every new place has its own problems. And you've got to overcome. If you're in the kingdom, he's going to keep pushing you. God's not trying to hurt you. 
God's trying to change you. God's trying to get you to stop being a follower. God's trying to stop, get you to stop being a leader. I haven't finished. God is trying to make you an agent of change. That wherever you go, things turn around. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Where are you going to be tomorrow? You're going to be in the spirit? Or you're going to be in the flesh? Are you going to be drawing from God? Are you going to be hearing and seeing and experiencing? And God will touch you, strengthen you. John got touched and he fell as one dead. There is a power that God wants to release into you and I. A power to take us into a realm that, ladies and gentlemen, this world can't touch. That you would be an overcomer, you wouldn't be under the circumstances. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just reach out and receive, would you? I mean really receive. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall upon this precious group of people. That every one of them would be able to see what they never saw before. That the eyes of their understanding would become enlightened. That they would know, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the miracle on my voice, Lord. And when I walked in this door, I couldn't speak. That, Lord, you've already just touched me. I thank you for it. I thank you for the miracles that are going to take place on people right now. In the name of Jesus, I speak to the area that is not well in your body. I curse sickness, that none of these diseases would stay on you. That you would receive healing right now. As I point my finger across this congregation, that sickness would be destroyed in Jesus' name. That trouble with balance is somebody that battles with losing balance in this room. If that's you, just put your hand up, please. I want to see it. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I speak right now to that the feeling of, of, of being unstable. I declare and demand right now that the healing of Jesus flow into your body, into the area in your brain where your balance is, is um, planned and organized, that it will manifest itself totally right now in the name of Jesus. And if you receive it, say thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come, come along tonight. We're going to have a time of being in the Spirit. Uh, we're going to really have a wonderful time where God is going to move. And I, I want to show you as a congregation, I want to release to you, impart to you, the ability to flow in the Spirit. To know how God, God um, can touch us. Without us having to do all types of antics, we can just see God manifest his power in our midst. Amen. The other day, I, I, I got to a, a, I think it was in Ohio somewhere, and a, a woman came to me and said to me, uh, you prayed for us to be able to sleep three nights ago. She said, my, my kids and I went through a trauma five years ago, and we haven't been able to sleep for five years. We've never been able to have a night, good night's sleep. She said, after you prayed for us, all of us slept for three nights solid. It's a miracle. 
We just want to say thank you. I said, thank Jesus. He's the one who heals. Amen. Don't you just give him some glory and honor. Thank you very much.